what's going on? This is your boy Headphone Joe, fresh off a of bird. Brennan, I believe you took a bird as well. A couple of boys you know, traveling up, in adulthood and whatnot. We are. We're traveling a lot. We are doing a lot. I'm coming to you live and in person from Old Dayton Pizza at Riverside Hideaway, Dayton, Ohio. Wah, 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 wah. Flyers in the building. Coming to you on location. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I just got back from Atlanta literally like hours ago. Uh, yeah, you landed down. and I was like, you ready to record? Can we I go know. right now? I was like, Jesus Christ. You're kind of coming at my neck here. But uh, we got a couple of things to talk about as we do every week. So the kickoffs are going to be NBA, painfully NHL, and uh, <laughs> some baseball things that have gone on since we last spoke to you all. Um, and then we got a couple of things in the quick hits and then... No walk-offs, I, but I do promise to have one next week. The travel, excuse me, got me a little backed up this week. So, without further ado. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Ah, Brennan. Joe, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about the one that's almost done first. Let's go ahead and get that out the way. All right, so we're talking Boston-Miami, Eastern Wait Conference Finals. I said the one that's almost done first. Oh, I thought you meant like the game that's going on right now. That's no, pretty no, much no, done. No, 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 The series that is almost finito. Okay. So Golden State, uh, Dallas Mavericks. I believe I had this. Golden State up 3 Te- nothing. Th- about to get this Technically, I had this too. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I also had. I had. I had. Yeah. This is, but this is what we talked about, and I talked about last week in the walk-off. Was it wasn't supposed to be like this? It was supposed to be Dallas, or excuse me, supposed to be Golden Phoenix, State, Golden Phoenix. State. It was supposed to be a tough series, a close series, and then I figured Golden State would squeak it out. That's not what happened. Dallas just beat up on Phoenix, and Phoenix couldn't sink a shot. And Dallas was making all their shots. Now Dallas goes against Golden State. Dallas can't shoot. Someone turned the lights off. I don't know what happened, but. This is going to be a sweep. Yeah, it's going to be a sweep. I couched it as potentially maybe going the distance, maybe six or so. Maybe the Mavs could take it. But, uh, yeah, that first game, I mean, it was a registered loss. Uh, that was games coming off of game seven. I didn't think they would have anything for that one. The two subsequent games were a lot closer, but they just – they couldn't get it done. Like Luca can only do so much when Brunson and Brunson can only do so much and didn't want to do so much. But if you tell me only three guys are showing up to the dance and the Warriors have three guys who can shoot threes, like nobody's business. And then you get a 20 point game from Looney and Draymond's going to do Draymond things. And Wiggins going to have an outstanding game. Like that's a team over there. And I thought the Mavs, would show up as a team and they just chose yeah. not to. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought what we saw from Dinwiddie and uh, Brunson and uh, Finney Smith when um, Doncic, Doncic was out that first series, I was like, okay, or the second series, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, this is going to be a game. But Jason Kidd even said after, uh, I think it was game two or game three, they were like, oh, they switched to the box and won. Like, what'd you think? He goes, we were. They gave us wide open threes in the corner. That's what they did with the boxing one. And we just can't hit anything. Just not making so, shots, man. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, if you can't make shots and you're going to go against historically one of the best three-point three pointing, three point. three point shooting teams in <laughs> NBA history, then it's just not – you're not going to win. Yeah, it's a – I mean, it's cliche to all hell, but it's a make or miss league. And if one team's making it and another team is not, then it's going to look lopsided. Or it's going to look like you're close when you're really not that close. Yeah. So it's. Uh, That's a frustrating thing. I think it was game two where the Mavs like got out to a lead early and it was like, okay, maybe they'll steal a game. And then here we go. Yeah. Warriors just came back and fucking droves. And that's the other thing, too, is Luca's not playing poorly. Like he's getting like almost 40 a game, it seems like. But yeah. they're just not. He's driving to the basket. But that's the other thing, too, is that the Warriors are not known as like a tough, like they're, uh, if you had to put them in a pile, you would say they're a finesse team before you'd say they're like a tough team, like the Miami series, which we'll talk about shortly. But they're getting to the hoop at will, it seems like, against Dallas. Yeah. And it's one of those things where they're, 
Dallas is so, and teams that play them kind of fall into this, and it's up to the Warriors if they want to take advantage of it or not. Some days they do, some days they don't. They have in this series is you're going to overplay the three because you see Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, like these guys who have been hitting threes some all this season, some all their lives, it feels like. Um, So you're going to overplay that. And once you overplay that, that's a free basket. That's a free lane to the basket. And if you have somebody cutting, which used to be the Draymond role when he was a little younger and sprier, but if you have somebody cutting, you just dump off that pa- That was the Harrison Barn role as well. Just well, and that's- dump off to the basket, quick toss, bang, and Kevon Looney gets a career high in this most yep. recent game. Well, and that's what they do. That's what the Warriors do is it's cutting, always cutting, always cutting, always moving. And we've talked about this uh, plenty of times before. The teams that do that, you're like, oh, so wait, you mean if you keep movement, everything yeah. could actually work out better? It's like, yeah, yeah. don't just stand in the court and all, or corner a la James uh, Harden or some of those quote unquote superstars that if they don't have the ball, they don't want to work like Westbrook and Harden and uh, you love Trey taking somebody and, out. Huh? You can just talk about this game. You didn't have to take anybody out. <laughs> I'm just saying it's refreshing. And I've said this a million times. And. I say refreshing, but it's you know, not the, new. The Golden Warriors, State's been doing this for years. It's a couple of things. Um, one, to make a reference to uh, winning time, it's the winning time thing. When Jack McKean took over, he was like, look, we can't be stagnant. Yeah. We have to be in constant Move. motion because that's the way to keep people on their toes. And if, I mean, to go back in the past but a little sooner, um, the Maverick series where they beat the Heat when the Heat had LeBron in them, the way they did that was, hey, we're not going to run a set offense. We're just going to play backyard basketball. We're going to have a free-flowing offense. You guys instinctually should make the right decisions because you're intelligent, smart basketball players. And that's how they beat them. They never stood still. They were always off the mark. The Heat were The McKinney-Miles, man. Them. Just keep moving. Just yeah. keep moving. Hey, the Heat were expecting them to be in certain <laughs> positions, and they weren't there because they were moving constantly. And to that point, the last thing is the Warriors, they're not the toughest team. They're a finesse team. We always say that. But they still end up a top-rated defense because they're also one of the smartest teams. They know where yep. they need to be offensively, defensively, and they know how to execute. Now, the the places where they get in trouble is on days where they can't make shots and days when they get careless with the ball. And those days come up more now in their latter age, even though, I mean, latter age, you guys are like 34, I think the oldest person maybe. Um, But you have to beat them. They're not going to, they're rarely going to beat themselves in a seven game series. Maybe one time, maybe two times. That's what we saw with the Grizzlies. But you're going to eventually have to beat them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then like this last game, like you said, it's a lot I mean, it's 109 to 100, so the game was pretty close. But when you guys, when you have guys like Looney and Wiggins going off, and it's not just all on Clay and Curry like, and whoa. yeah, Green, like then you got you got stuff to worry about. And let's not forget, you know, there's certain guys like Jordan Poole we talk about all the time. He, you know, he comes in there and spells Clay, and uh, he's just been playing out of his mind. So. Yeah, and, and the cool thing now with him and Clay, now that I, I still don't agree with them moving him to the bench, I think Clay should come off yeah, the bench, honestly. Yep. But um, you're not asking, with the ascension of Jordan Poole and the emergence of Andrew Wiggins now becoming like a mainstay in that team and you know making a name for himself there, you're not asking Clay to always be Clay, and you're not asking Poole to always be Poole. Sometimes, well, this brings up go ahead. A good point. Can you ask Clay to be Clay anymore? I don't think you. I don't think you can. And I don't think he, yeah, he exactly. can be. But if you get sixteen from Clay and ten from Poole, that's twenty six points right there. Add the that position, in whatever yeah. thirty Curry's going to give you, and then whatever Wiggins is going to give you, and you just stack that up. But and then on a day where Clay gives you thirty. You just fucking think they're heavenly stars. Yeah. Because <laughs> he cannot, he can't defend like he used to. No, he cannot defend I don't care like how, he used to, and he's not going to be as consistent a shooter as he used to. Yep. Remember that one game where he had more points than dribbles? Remember that? 
Yeah, that was like all his career, honestly. But there was a yeah, yeah the game where he went off for like thirty in a quarter, and he had like yeah. eleven dribbles. Right, but you can't you can't rely on the him just because he's he's had these serious injuries. And yeah. but I really like what Golden State's doing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the East to go against Golden State because they're the Eastern Conference is treating this like a bar fight, not like the Western or Eastern Conference Finals. That's Good segue by you, Brennan. Thank um, you, sir. Yeah. Speaking of bars, you're in one currently. Uh, he doesn't yeah. have a beer, folks, just to let you know. No, um, not at all. I'm drinking Four years sober next week. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I know it's Thanks, around man. your birthday. So. Enjoy um, that yingling. <laughs> hey, hey, you can see it. Um, <laughs> it's like a different can, so I didn't know if it, it's not the normal can. <sighs> America's <laughs> oldest lager. <laughs> Commercial right there. Sign us, Yingling. Or we should sign you. I don't know how it works. Um, but yeah, so the, the Eastern Conference Finals have been a little more inconsistent, let's say, than the Western Conference Finals. Um, you have game one where the Heat punched Boston in the mouth, and I'm like, oh, this may be a rap rap. See, I, I disagree because I was like the – Celtics are coming off seven games of war against Giannis and the Bucks, and here we go. Like they're, I was like, the Heat are gonna take Game One, and they did. I mean, they took it a little more than I thought they would, but they now, took it. I thought they'd take Game One, but it, I mean, it's been almost a week now. If we remember how that Game One went, Boston was up big in the first half, yeah. and then the Heat stormed the third back in from the third, hell. yeah. And just never relinquish the uh, the lead at that point. Bam looked um, like a Hall of Famer in that third quarter. Yeah, I would rather say their whole team looked like fucking the bad boy Pistons with the amount of defense they were, the defensive intensity and the steals. Jimmy Butler heard the podcast. He was like, oh, hell no. Yeah, so they they were out of control. But then in the next game, Boston plays up big and it's like, oh... Okay, they got blown yeah. out by Boston in the next game. It yeah, was, what it was, was it, like 28 for points? Sure. For sure, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, so, okay, it was the game seven rush. They couldn't finish out that game. And then you go to the game three, and then the Heat punch him in the mouth again, again. and go up huge. And Jimmy Butler doesn't play the entire second half. And then you what have Marcus Smart with getting shot from the bell tower comes out. Jason Tatum's yeah. gets shot from the bell tower, goes out, and these guys come back in. I don't know if I should call them Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart or Paul Pierce. Like, what the <laughs> hell was that shit? Bring out the wheelchair. Yeah. What do you think happened with Butler? I'm very curious about this. Do you think he got into another fight with Spo, or do you think he was he hurt? Got hurt or... man. What are you All talking right. about? <laughs> I just, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he was like, I was at the game, and Butler never came out of the tunnel. Butler never came out of the locker room in the second half. Like, I don't yeah, know what happened. Yeah, because guys, usually, if they get hurt, they just stay Stay back there, Bill. They're not like the Celtics who get magic fairy <laughs> dust of the leprechaun and just exhume themselves from whatever injury they have Come or if the they need to use the bathroom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So and now currently Boston's leading by almost 20 points in the third quarter in game uh, four. Yeah. So this series this has been a tale of two series because this like we were just talking about. This isn't like close game. Oh, anyone can take it. Like even with the sweep of the nets, it was like some of those games were close. And you're Super like, close. oh, a couple of bounces and it's going the nets way. This game is literally like blowout. Then the other team blows them out. And then and, and they're beating the shit out of each other. Game three was probably well, game one and game three ended up being the closest of the games because uh, in game one, you had the Celtics going early. The Heat storm back ended up ending at like 12 points because um, the difference, it kind of evened itself out. And then game three, the Heat go up big. The Celtics roar back and it kind of evened themselves out. I think it ended up being like a six-point, eight-point game at the end of it. But the two games that Boston have won have just been, and I'm counting this one as a win, even though it's not in yeah, the Yeah, they're up by yet. 30 in the third but right now. It, it's just a bludgeon of yeah. offense. Like, it, And the interesting thing is Tatum is – He's having a good game, then a bad game, then a good game, and a bad game. Is this the where if he is he finally understanding the wear and tear of being the lead dog yeah. in and day in day out? Like, and this has been this has been an incredibly rough. I was going to say series, but this has been an incredibly rough playoffs on him because he's taken. It seems like he's taken that mantle of I'm going to be number one. But like to your point, it's like. 
Okay, well, we're now in the third series of this. Like, let me address it, that real fast. I had accidentally hit the power switch, and like, every, my whole setup kind of blanked on me for a split second. I was, oh, like, oh, I was wondering what happened because it all went dark, yeah, but you—I like, oh, could no. still see you, and you were still talking. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think Tatum's really understanding the effects of trying to be the number one, or not trying. He is the number one for an well, entire playoff run. Being the number one, but also uh, this is probably the first year he's done it. He's also guarding the number one yep. assignments on the other side as well. So that's probably tiring him out more and more adjusting to that as well. And I don't know if it's tired or fatigue or what's going on, but Jalen Brown can't dribble. Did you get this memo? I heard I was hearing this. I was like, oh, I didn't know that he was had a seven thing. turnovers in game two or game. Apparently three. that was a thing. And apparently that goes back to like what Marcus Smart was saying earlier in the season. Like they can't just be spot up shooters one on one ISO. Like they have to be playmakers. And by that extension of that, like put the ball on the floor and look for others, blah, blah, blah. Make a play. Yeah. And yeah, no, I guess he got exposed. And that was something that the Heat wanted to expose make oh, they're, yeah to, and they're exposing it because yeah. i never noticed it I mean, he, he until did go this off series. for 40 points in that game where he had seven turnovers but seven turnovers is gonna cost you eventually and it did yeah that's a lot game. so uh, that's a lot when you're not the number one ball handler yeah that you're you are correct there <laughs> you are correct there like what i said speaking of correct Hold on, no, not speaking of correct. So <laughs> we both have said Golden State's are gonna win. Are you sticking with your Boston? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna stick with Boston because when Boston has all five starters out there, they have too much size for no Miami. Doubt. I and I don't get me wrong, Miami is an incredibly tough team. Everyone knows I'm terrified. Plus, I terrified slash I love buckets, Jimmy buckets, but. This is an interesting take that I heard, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Would you consider Jimmy Butler a superstar in the NBA? Because he has taken teams to the finals, but he's also been on four different teams, and normally teams taking don't get rid team, of their superstars. Taking taking team to, team the final. to the finals. But I mean, <laughs> he was the reason that Minnesota got to the playoffs that year for the first no, no, time no, no, in like no, no, a decade. No, no. This is what I this is what I said to you last week. I said Jimmy Butler, for some reason, and I wouldn't say it's my fault as well, but Early on in his career, yeah, we did I talk about this. I'm sorry, you did. Yeah, a good player on bad teams. Yeah, and what he raised the level of the team was marginal, but not significant. But then after seeing how Philadelphia looks after he left, and then seeing what he's done since coming to the Heat, and I'm not going to include that second year last year where they got swept out of the playoffs because if you look back at those playoffs, the team. The bubble team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, both were out in the first two rounds, and both the teams in the Western Conference Finals were out in the first two rounds. That was the quickest turnaround ever in NBA history. The Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat, and Boston all were gone almost immediately in that 2021 playoffs. So take 2020 and take this year. He deserves a lot more respect. Yeah. Now, I you know, no, are I you agree. gonna call him a superstar? I don't I don't think I don't think he checks the boxes of superstar in the way that we think of superstar. Um in in kinda in the same way that I don't think Dwayne Wade got really his just due until he came back. LeBron got there. Oh, I was then, gonna say until he went to Chicago, then came back, and then everyone was no. like at that point I think Dwayne Wade is everybody knows who Dwayne Wade is, okay. but I think prior to when LeBron got there, like everybody knew he won those six championship, but Shaq more than Wade, blah, 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 blah. But which is an insane argument because Shaq was way done by then. He wasn't done, but Shaq was necessary in that series. They doubled Shaq, left Wade open. That's why he was able to explode in the way he was able to explode. But I. I don't think they got there just due for the simple fact. And Wade obviously got more so because he was a top pick. But Jimmy Butler, low pick, was like a third-year player coming out of Marquette. Went to Juco. Like, they like the, the media and the narrative. They like to promote the guy. They like to be right, kind of like us. Every time yeah. we're right, you know, I had that, blah, 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 blah. They want the people they project to be high picks to be good. Like I I after the game on what was that? Sun Saturday? 
Yeah. They get smashed. Tatum has 10 points. I went on ESPN today. The headline is not about the Heat. The headline is, is Tatum the best player in the playoffs right now? <laughs> on a game after he had 10 points, the day after Luka had 40. Yes, in a loss, but the day after Luka had 40. The, the Warriors, Steph Curry's had like 30 points a game. And then the question was, is Tatum the best player? And even though the last outing we saw was a 10-point performance. So it's like they want to build up whomever they've already crowned. Yeah, no, you're right. They, uh, it's, and, uh, I do, and the thing is, I do think Tatum is going to be one of those next guys. He's going to be the next regime of the NBA. But to just skip over Jimmy Butler, Steph Curry, as in like Jimmy Butler outside of the last game, has had literally the best playoffs. Yeah. Efficient wise, scoring wise, like confirmation bias. That's what it's called. You basically you think you're right. And so you just find all the facts to prove that you are right. Basically. Speaking so, of being right. Hey, Joe, let's talk NHL. What happened? What happened? <laughs> Something went down. What's Joe's going on? number one. Team in the Eastern Conference, the Florida Ice Cats, President's Cup Trophy winners. We got corrected on this. What is it called? President Trophy. The President's Trophy. The Cup. It's not the Cup. It's not the Cup. Wasn't? Didn't we get corrected? It's not the President's Cup. It's the Mm. President's Trophy. Now I'm confused. I don't remember which one is which. Well, I'm not confused because it doesn't matter. The Florida Ice Cats, Joe's Florida Panthers, get swept by my Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe I had that. I don't know if you had this it's trophy, President Trophy. Um I believe I had that. <sighs> what do you gotta say for yourself, Joe? I think I've already said everything I need to say. Kucherov, Stamkos, Brayden Point. We're back. Headman, Victor Headman. Now? Just huh? eating pe- you just had peanuts appear? I don't know. No, I'm eating Smarties. My mom gave me some Smarties. Oh, I was like, because I'm the smartest boy. Materialize out of nowhere. Um the thing I will say is I was uh, right. Hubi and Barkov, the Huber dude and Barky. Um, Shouts out to Karen. They needed to be a little more aggressive. They were. They weren't as a little. <laughs> they did not. It's like their playmaking abilities just disappeared. No, yeah. In all seriousness, they they look like they weren't up for the moment, which is weird because they played so well during the regular season, even in the first round of the playoffs. They played and so then, well in the regular season against the Lightning as well. That's what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the spotlight comes on. It's the second round of the playoffs, and they just didn't show up. But the thing I will say, the one takeaway, is Andre Vasilevsky is by far the greatest goaltender I think I've ever seen in my life. He's good. Vasilevsky's good, baby. There was there was a sequence. Now I didn't get to watch much of today's game because I was on the plane for a lot of it. But there was a sequence in game three where there was a there was a rebound ricochet. I remember no, this. There was a steal, a straight up steal. Yeah. And we didn't score. Rebound ricochet right after that. Didn't score. And I was like, that that was that was our best two opportunities. That was our best two opportunities to get an early lead. And then right after that, we uh, we gave you guys a power play. You scored right at the end of it. And then we scored later. But once we gave up that first goal to you guys, I was like, it's over. It's over. Because he's, he's only going to give up so many. Yeah, and so that's something we talked about all season that the Panthers were having a problem with was – the Panthers were letting teams score almost like a Madden style where it's like, hey, we'll just outscore you. But like you said, going against a team that has a goalie, and we all know in the NHL, it's all about the hot goalie and it can change at any time. You know, we saw Quick have it that one year. Uh, Flurry had it that one year. Uh, but like Vasilevsky is very... Yeah, but in this situation, he there's a reason he beat out Ben Bishop and they traded Ben Bishop when he was like the one that was helping them get to the through the playoffs those few years and got him to the finals that one year. And then they just traded him away. And I remember thinking when Vassie was on the bench and then he went in for Ben like one game and then he was starting all of a sudden, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And come to find out, you know, that was a few years ago and come to find out that was the right move. And so like people who are close to Tampa knew who Vasilevsky was way before the rest of the world did, but he's played so well the last three years in the playoffs like you said, if you can't get one or two goals quick, you're not going to get them at all. 
If you're going to squander away open opportunities, you're going to get nothing out of this guy. Like, I think his worst performance is when you guys were the President's Trophy and you got swept by Columbus. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, he's been automatic, it appears. And like you said, I mean, I've, I've been stressing it all season long. I've been on uh, Bobrovsky's tail and also the defenders. Um I was about to say we lose game three on uh no, we lose game two on Uyghur's errant mistake chasing uh Kucherov behind the goal, leaving it right open for Ross Colton. Um you they had to be this is this is the team that's won back to back championships. You had to be a hundred percent disciplined and as a defender and be in your right spot and we got careless, and it's funny because I think back to there was a there was a week where we had two comebacks where I think we were down like four goals and ended up coming back seven four seven three, and I remember Hornquist, Patrick Hornquist, who won a couple goals, won a couple Stanley Cups with um the Penguins, and he said he said then. We cannot win like this in the playoffs. This is not playoff hockey. He said this we can't expect to go down big and then storm back. That's not how it's going to be once we get to the playoffs. And those words bore out because when you're playing sloppy defensively like that, when you're not on your when you're not on your job and then expecting the offense to just corral you and get you out of everything like <laughs> I'm beside myself. Yeah, it's okay. We'll win a cup, and then you can say at least you lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. I would really hate that. I'm going for the abs now. Another down one. Two, Get out of here. I can't deal with. I can't deal with my buddies from Tampa telling me fucking Tampa is title town. Title town. First time since the eighty eighty four, baby. Like if you guys get three World Cups, you got your they're a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. They just had a World Series appearance not too like two years ago. Like I cannot deal with this. I, I actually agree with you. I I like the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I do not like other Tampa sports teams. So I'm actually I'm in I'm I want the Lightning to win the championship, but I do feel for you in what you're saying with like. The Lightning are good. Everything else was kind of an aberration. Tom Brady happened yeah. to come to you know what I mean. Like it's like yeah. get the fuck out of here. Well, the Ra- I won't say the Rays are an aberration because they've been consistently. Yeah, good that's true. All, that goes all the way back to John Madden. It's really the tam- it's it's the Bucks. Joe thing. Madden. It's the Bucks Sorry. thing. Yeah, it's the Bucks thing. The Bucks right. really ruined it because they also won. Like if no one else had won, it could have been like, "Hey, you're good, you're good, you're good." And you got this one team that you know stands out. Yeah, these nobody Tampa, really loves hockey. These Tampa like fans, that. Be, fans being like, "Oh yeah, what about the bucket?" It's like fucking Brady yeah. wanted to retire to Florida. Like back, back up. Yeah, I would now. I'm like, damn it, Brady. Why don't you just go to Miami and get your stakeholding and ownership and all that? And call it a day. Yeah, Flores, you could have just took them and just been quiet about it. Yeah, tank for two and all nonsense. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, let's God. talk about a couple of these other ones. Uh, I don't know if we're really watching them, but the Rangers finally decided to win a game. Uh, yeah, don't Carolina, I know? Carolina up two one. Uh, and the, the streets Oilers, were on fire, and I was like, "Where are they? They're down. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> they barely they got won. one. They got one, man. They got one." Uh, the Oilers, after that crazy game, that first game where I think it was like 15 goals total, um, the Oilers... Oh, the 6-9 to nine game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. Uh, the Oilers, since have taken the next two out of the Canadian series, the, the, the We the North series, uh, the Panthers have lost the We the South series, <laughs> and uh, the Avs are up 2-1, but they're down 1-0 in today's contest. So that is it for the painful, painful hockey segment. MLB, Brennan. Talking baseball. Your former team? Are they still your team? I don't know. Former team. Former team. Uh, Your former team is down two aces, Brennan. Um, Mad Max went out a couple 
games ago earlier last week. And then uh, DeGrom, I believe, is uh, they're reporting he's going to be out until uh, the around the All-Star break. Yeah, so, and Max went out with, what was it? It was arm tightness or soreness, something like that? Yeah, but it's going to be like six to eight weeks. Yeah, this is, go ahead, ask what you're going to ask, because I got something to I say I was going to say, Brennan, can your Mets hold on to that top spot in the NL East? My former Mets. No, because this is the former. biggest problem that they have. We see this all the time, especially in the NBA. We see it a lot. It's, hey, we're going to rest our guy to make sure he's ready for the postseason. Quick question, Joe. What happens if you don't get to the postseason? Then because you're resting be your guys. <laughs> this is, bothers me so much. Players need to play. I understand if he if they cannot perform to the level that you expect them to perform. But with pitchers, especially in Major League Baseball, they're like, oh, <clears throat> arm tightness, six to eight weeks. It's like, couldn't it be like two to four? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Arm tight, arm tight. And baseball is so, there's so many games. It's so fickle. You can lose that top spot very quickly and be out of the playoffs in the blink of an eye. So I don't think this is a good play. The good thing they got going for them at least is they're in a division with the Phillies who can't figure out right from left. The Braves who kind of. Yeah, but the Phillies always stink. (laughs) What's up, Kyle? And then the Marlins who we don't know who we want to fucking put out there every couple of days. Uh, do we play jazz? Do we not play jazz? Even though jazz is probably the best player in MLB, one of at least the best players in MLB right now. Um, and the Nats who have pretty much given on the season since last year. Um, so they, they have enough, they've given themselves enough breathing room to tread water at this point. Um, they have a couple of arms that could suffice and get them, keep them afloat with the bats that they currently have. Um, yeah, bats but, aren't their problem. They got plenty of bats. But yeah, but I was going to say, but I mean, what does Max look like when he comes back? What does DeGrom look like when they come back? That That is going to be the question at the end of the day. Absolutely. Let's talk about my new team. Oh, your new team? Your new team is the Yankees? No, I'm just, I was just oh, making a joke. I was going to say. Uh, so the Yankees, Brennan, a lot has happened in the last couple of days. Josh Donaldson got himself in some hot water. Hot um, water. Okay. Uh, Josh Donaldson's got himself in some hot water, but by that, uh, the Yankees have spurred the White Sox into a quick two game winning streak and their offense looks to be hot. Um, do you think this is the kick in the ass? That the White Sox, who is one of the teams that have been talked about for like the last two, three years, that could On make paper, that yeah. turn um, to finally, you know, get to that next level. Do you think this was a kick in the ass they needed in this season uh, in order to make that next step? I think it was the kick that they needed for now. And what I mean by that is what we were alluding to earlier and talking about earlier is it's such a long season that I think that this kind of fire can sustain them for the short term, maybe for the next couple of series is that they're going to play, but it's not a long-term solution. They're, they're going to need to look inside themselves. And as my old high school football coach, Jared Zito used to say, you got to find whatever it is you got to find because you can't rely on getting amped up because, you know, a big boy team is talking smack to you to, to, drive you through a whole season. Like I said, it'll get them through the series, maybe the next couple of series, but they need to find whatever they got to find to, to really turn the corner. Cause we've been talking about this now for three years that on paper, they look like they have everything in the making to be a, a good team, to make that turn, to make that leap. And they just can't do it. So I think it's going to take a lot more than a little bout with the Yankees to wake them up. I mean, you, uh, the evil empire is good for one of those bouts, though, man. No, we, no, we, absolutely. We I just don't think it'll last ass. the whole season. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely not going to last the whole season. But I mean, the, the 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 great thing and the funny thing with baseball is this could just keep rearing its head. I mean, that's true. Who knows what the postseason holds? If they end up, both teams end up going to the postseason, maybe they end up facing each other and. They're going to tap into something that the Yankees can't tap into because they're the aggrieved party and they're the, you know, the the angered party in this. So, you know, it can rear his head in very different ways. So beware who you piss off in the middle of the season. I've been That's telling you that for years. Yeah, 
and tell you that all your life. Uh, beware of the Padres, Brennan. The Padres only one game back of the Dodgers, and they're still without their best player in Fernando Tatis. Do you think that once do you, another team who we've been talking about for the last three seasons, could they get it together? Do you think this is the time they can actually get it all together? Yeah, I'm going to sound hypocritical on this, but yeah, I think with the Padres, it's different because we've seen flashes where they do put it together. Um, so I think I have more faith in the Padres than I do the White Sox. I honestly think they can they can put it together. Now, I'm not going to say that they can put it all together and take down the mighty, mighty Dodgers because I wouldn't want to do that to Ty Ty, a former guest of the show, guest on my podcast. But yeah, I think the Padres are one of those teams where at least we've seen it for longer stretches than we have from the White Sox. So I, I have more faith in them, especially when Tatis gets back, because last year that was weird with the injury situation that he was uh, like running into the wall yeah. and then dislocating his shoulder. That was a weird stretch. So when he gets back, I think they're going to be a team to to reckon with. Yeah, I, I for sure think um, they've gotten the pitching. They've been they've been assembling this team in like multiple levels, multiple stages. They dot, they dodge. They, uh, <laughs> they've gotten rid of the, the manager who's there before they gotten a manager who's known for making uh, the most out of nothing. Uh, Melvin coming out of, uh, Oakland, um, where the payroll is usually low there. And it's one of those situations. It's the Joe Madden theory. Like we take him from the Rays who you give him no payroll. And then you give him with players who are actually at the level they should be. And can he raise them to be better? And so far, Melvin has been doing that without Tatis there. Um, so I think this could be the season. I think the Dodgers, not to say they're going the wrong way, but more or less like, how They're many more stagnant. trips? Yeah, I'm about to say, how many more trips do they really have in them when they didn't finish off the Braves last year? Like, how many more deep playoff runs can you have before you just get tired? Yeah. So, well, and that's the thing. It's professional sports. So, if you're staying stagnant, you're actually getting worse because everyone else yeah. is trying to get better. Real quick, on paper, who would you rather have, the Padres or the White Sox, right now, on paper? Who would I rather? I, I would rather have the Padres because yeah, you too. have the threat of Fernando Tatis coming back, whereas the Padres aren't really missing anyone as of right now. The White Sox that I'm aren't aware yeah. of the White Sox. Yeah, um, I'm missing anybody. Uh, I need to. Go I just look trust. Pitching, I trust the Padres more because I've seen it. Yeah, there's remember been what a happened last year for concept. With yeah, the that run that they went on. So yeah. All righty, let's get to the quick hits. That was good baseball. You'd be surprised how quick. And quick! Mayman hits quick hit. That was good baseball. I like it when you pick baseball topics that I actually know what I'm talking about with. All right, let's jump. I would get to the first one last. Yeah, we had a flip-flop because I have some and you have some. Yeah, so let's get to the last one first, actually, since that's the most, uh, the hottest topic. Hottest uh, topic. College football coaches. College football beefs. Are- Going for each other's necks right now. Nick Saban said it was disgusting that Texas A&M bought their entire team. Jimbo Fisher came back with, well, you look at God and you never asked him how he did it. You should look into it. Dig into it. It's despicable. And I'm quoting, quote unquote. Uh, And uh, Saban went after uh, Dion Dion. at Jackson State saying that he had to pay a a kid a million dollars who was supposed to be a good D1 athlete to go to that school. Uh, Again, quoting, quote unquote, uh, it's chaos, chaos in the ranks. I agree with Jimbo. Everybody knows Nick Saban was playing, paying players under the table this whole freaking time. So get out of here with throwing stones. Um, We don't know. Uh, Nick Saban was paying players per se, allegedly. Um, well, now, I know for a fact because I, I not Nick Saban, but paid. Alabama was. Yeah, I was about to say were players getting paid that went to Alabama. I'm just going to say I ain't going to Tuscaloosa for nothing less than a check. <laughs> all I'm going to say. But um, no, this was good, man. This is what this the mud, the 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 anger, the passion that is being. Up, uh, upended here is kind of what will go on to eventually fix college football, absolutely, um, and help restructure it because well, everybody the NCAA knows, is out. 
this is what's going to keep it together. This rivalry. They're saying, the thing is, they're saying the quiet parts out loud now. And it's like, okay, so wait, you've been paying you. Everybody's been okay with paying these players on the table, but we just don't want to have it above board. So it's not all this uh, Dabo Swinney. Oh, once you pay the players, like they're going to become professionals and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. It's you don't want to know what someone else is. You don't want, you don't want a free market because now yeah. if I know what someone else is making. Because Jackson's I going out and that. getting players, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Texas so A&M like, is going out and getting players. So it's interesting now. Um, it, but I feel bad for Nick Saban only in this aspect. <laughs> only in this aspect. It's one thing when you think you send a text to just your friends. Oh yeah. He was at like a booster thing. He was just talking to some boosters. This and is then Bill Belichick, camera happened to Brian be there. Flores all over again. Yeah, oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. A camera was there that he didn't think he didn't. He doesn't really understand social media. And somebody could just take this clip, put it on social. So and he's just talking shit it. to the boosters. He's having a he's good just time. Talking shit behind closed doors as he thought. But in this day and age, unless you're Chappelle and you, you Ziploc your phone, you can't you can't make jokes that people don't like, man. Um, and this is interesting because Jimbo and Saban have a history together. Yeah, they used to work together. LSU. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is heating up, and then he's getting Dion involved. Prime time. Uh, don't, is, don't don't mention. Don't prime. call out you, prime time. Now I'm disappointed. Now you piss prime off enough, he's gonna roast that duck from the Affleck commercial. Then you're gonna be out of all your checks, Nick Saban. Goddamn. I'm kind of upset just because we had Deion Sanders and uh, Michael Irving's children were both committed to FAU and ended up going to other places, but Mm. you can't come after prime like that. Also, wanted to say real quick, did you know that the USFL is back? Speaking of all this stuff. I ran into that on uh, Saturday. I Me went too. Out with, I was um, flipping through the channels at work, trying to put something on at the bar, and I saw the USFL. And then Andre, forget his last name, forgive me, but the quarter starting quarterback for the New Jersey Gamblers, the New Jersey team. Generals. Generals, FAU grad. Love to oh, see wow. it. Uh, yeah, I was uh, hanging out with our ex-producer, RIP Greg. RIP. Um, and our, our lady friends. And uh, at the bar, the ex-USFL was on. I was like, whoa, I forgot that they tried to do this again. Did you see how empty that stadium was? Oh, yeah. It's in Birmingham, Alabama, Brandon. Dude, it looks bad. Um, Fun fact, uh, XFL signed a deal with ESPN. You seen that? No, I just saw that they were playing it on uh, Fox. No, no, no. XFL. XFL. Oh, XFL. I'm sorry. They signed a deal with ESPN. So when they come back, uh, they will be ESPN affiliated for a five-year contract. Was the USFL, was this just like a one-time thing? Because I looked it up on Wikipedia and it's not uh, coming back up. It's not a one-time thing. They they're, they were, they had been talking about it for a little while um, and they're trying to reestablish Oh, USFL it, week six. Oh my God. Yeah, so they're no. actually doing it. No, yeah, no. They've been in for a little bit. They had a whole draft and situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Fisher's a coach. Kevin Sumlin's a coach. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, speaking of football, though, Brennan, James Bradbury, once of the New York football giants, has now signed a deal one year worth $10 million, up to $10 million with a couple incentives uh, to be a Philadelphia Eagle. Brennan, when he got released and the Giants said they weren't going to bring him back, I was like, hmm, you know, the Eagles really didn't go after a corner in free agent in, uh, at the top of free agency. They didn't go really for one in the draft. I want nothing more than to shore up that second cornerback. And they shorted up with a CB1, Brandon. They got a number one to play number two opposite Darius Slay. This team is rounding into form. I'm not going to get into the Super Bowl conversation because that's <laughs> foolish. That is foolish. But this team, as currently constructed right now, has to make the playoffs. Has to win the division. Doesn't have to win the division. That's a lot of pressure. But should be in contention to win the division. Dallas, after some of the cuts they've made in this last season, are not better. They're at least as good, if not worse, than us. The uh, Washington football team is a mess. The Giants, they're still trying out Daniel Jones like he's actually going to be good at some point. That is never going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, so the Eagles should be 
either the number one team in this division or in contention for number one. And honestly, it should not be a competition. They should just be number one. Um, because the way they've built this defense going into this season, the way they've shored up some of the uh, pratfalls they had on the offense as far as offensive line receiving core. Um, and God, oh God, please allow Miles Sanders to play at least 14 games in a goddamn season. Um, they should be better. That's all I have on that. Yeah, they should be a lot better. You want to go to yours or you want to go to mine? I just did one. Figured we'd go one of yours now. That, um, I'm sorry. I was looking up something because I was really <laughs> confused. Real quick, I want to clean this up. So I was talking about DeAndre Johnson, uh, USFL, the quarterback for the general. Wow. So on the screen, it said he went to FAU, and I got so excited. But then I was looking at their site, the site for the New Jersey USFL. generals. Oh, yeah. And it was saying like he played at Texas A&M or something. So I had to look it up. He He had quite a run in his college career. So Johnson began at Florida State, then was dismissed from the team, uh, then enrolled in Eastern Mississippi Community College, which is the last chance you everybody knows that. And then he after that transferred to Florida Atlantic. Okay. And then after his redshirt junior season, oh, he transferred. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. What's his name again? Andre uh, uh, DeAndre Johnson. DeAndre so, Johnson. I think that was the quarterback. That might have been the quarterback that Blackman had took over for. And then, or did he never play at FSU? And then he went to last. Never played. He was an early enrollee, yeah, and then during the say, summer before played, his freshman season, was charged issue. with battery. Yeah, that's what it was. And then Lane and went and got him because Lane is Lane. So yeah. then Lane brought him through. Yeah, okay, I remember. So now. apparently he liked Florida Atlantic because when the generals put up his stat sheet on the screen, it says college FAU. But he only played in his first season at FAU. He completed two or three pass attempts for five yards with one interception and rushed four times for 31 yards against Navy. And then after that game, he was hospitalized due to blood clots in his arms, missed the remainder of the season. Then after his redshirt junior season, he transferred to Texas Southern as a graduate student. Wow. Yeah. So he barely played at FAU, but still that's the school that he claims. So he was at one, two, three, four different colleges, but he claims FAU um, on his stat slide. So I thought that was interesting. Anyway, back to what we were doing. So you just went over the James Bradbury bringing Philadelphia all the way up to a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, October 2nd, I will be in Philadelphia. Um, If you want to make plans now to come hang out with me, John Slack and Big J Okerson, we're all going to Mm, watch the Phillies Jag game. Shout out to Big J. Um, So I wanted to talk about Tiger withdrawing. uh, Let's talk about the PGA Championship. So Tiger withdraws after the third round. So the first two days of we're talking golf people, the first two days, (laughs) great weather, scores are pretty good. Everyone's, you know, in, in pretty good shape. Tiger makes the cut after the first two days. And then the third day, the, th- the third round, it was cold and rainy and windy, and everyone just went to shit. So Tiger ends up withdrawing. Uh, Zolteris, Zolotaris, he uh, was this minus was in, five. Uh, this was in Arizona, right? Yeah, so it was weird. The weather Shocking was weird. That it got cold. Yeah, I was shocked. Uh, was it in Arizona? I thought it was in the Carolina. Anyway, I uh, it was in Arizona. so Justin Thomas goes against uh, Zolotaris and wins in a playoff. So big win for Justin Thomas, the troublemaker from Austin Tejas. Uh, but yeah, PJ Championship, big news. Tiger comes out. We're all thinking, oh my God, this is great. He's back. He said he felt better than he did at the Masters. Then he ended up withdrawing. So there's that. Joe. Uh, that's going to be the cycle. But uh, WNBA update. Candace Parker becomes the oldest player. Uh, again, old relative. Uh, oldest player to have a triple-double in the uh, Skies win over the Mystics. Uh, the Connecticut Sun get a W over the Fever. Fever, who've uh, been playing better than we thought. Not a lot of wins to show for it, but playing better than we thought. After a team that essentially got gutted um, after last year, they're playing a lot better. Um, and another game I want to point to is the Aces. The Aces were down in the first half to the Mercury on Saturday by a good bit. And then they ended up winning that game by 20. Wow. <laughs> they stormed back. Uh, Asia Wilson 
had herself a game with a uh, nope, sorry, wrong. Kelsey Plum had herself a game with 24 points. Jackie Young, 20 points. The backcourt carried the front court in this one. Chelsea Gray, 13, adding on to that. Uh, so, yeah, again, the Aces are 6-1 and one right now. They are still, they're my team to beat um, just because they're the team that, they're one of those, they've gotten there, they've gotten there, they've gotten there. And they just got to finish it off. And I think this year they may be able to actually finish it off. And that'll be very interesting with Becky Hammond getting there now. New voice, kind of a Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson kind of thing. Uh, getting that new voice in there and maximizing the talent that's there. So, so yeah. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> That is it, folks. Brennan, where can we find you? BrennanTComedy.com. Brennan at BrennanTComedy on all social media. I'm in Ohio. I'm here. Uh, Kept saying next month I'll be in Ohio. Well, I'm in Ohio. Uh, Follow me on all social media. Like I said, at BrennanTComedy. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Just search ex-drinking buddy. I have all sorts of people on. Joe's been on. uh, Musicians, artists, actors. We just talk about their crazy drinking stories. Getting in trouble stories, party stories, drug stories. It's a lot of fun. Ex-drinking buddy. Joe. You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out this show at Cheering Press on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to hit that follow button, people. Uh, don't forget to check out a newlow.co to check out all the other shows that we got going on on this oh. quote-unquote network. Um, what happened? I almost forgot. I did want to mention this. I'm going to try and push it on every platform as much as I can. Only took a year, but your boy got booked at The Stand. I will be performing June 29th at The Stand. Whoa! June 29th City. at The Stand. Yep. That's the night before. No, you said June 29th, July. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night show. It's called Rent Money. It's ran by Colleen Genevieve and Dan Lamort. They invited me to be on that. Yeah. Big buddy of mine. Big, big, big. Well, I was trying to say like big fan, but he's also a friend. So it came out as big buddy. He's not big. He's lost over 180 pounds. But uh, the marathon runner. Yeah. Ultra, ultra runner. Ultra. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Trust me. I've made that mistake before. He gets upset. But um, so your boy, yeah, be, so, if you're in New York City, come check me out at the stand June 29th. It's a huge accomplishment in my career. Uh, hopefully, it will be a turning point. This will be the this will be as they say in Starship Troopers. This is the moment when it all turned. You know, it's not an episode if we don't hear Brendan quote a movie that didn't come out until movie. 1980 something. Uh, 99. Well, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out Twitter and Instagram. Check out the show, Anulo.co. I think that's enough. Brennan, I need to eat something because I've came here fresh off a plane and the first thing I did was have a beer. So get me out of here. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out to Sherry and Steve here at Old Dayton Pizza, Riverside Hideaway, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton Flyers, let's go. Who's the WNBA Dallas team? That's my team. Dallas Wings. That's who that's my team.